You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. My name is Blair. I pastor here, and I, I have the privilege today to uh, spend some time with you in God's Word and share the message. Um, this, this summer, we've been spending our time talking about spiritual disciplines, about how we can grow through certain um, practices and, and disciplines as we spend our uh, focus, our energy, and spend time doing particular things in particular ways to you know, grow closer with God and, and to move forward in our walk of faith with him. So last week we uh, read from Colossians chapter 4 where uh, Paul was encouraging uh, his readers to be steadfast and, and devoted and committed to praying. So it challenged us with what that might look like, how, how we can, you know, how you and I today, how can we be uh, disciplined in prayer and so that, I think that was a, a good challenge for me anyways. And uh, today we're returning to this theme about prayer. We're actually returning to this same passage of Scripture in Colossians 4 because in the next verse Paul moves to kind of a natural extension as he continues to, 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 to teach about prayer. Uh, but before I get into the reading, I'll, I'll just invite you to bow your heads with me and we'll pray for a minute now. Dear Lord... Um, each of us comes here from from a different place, and and uh, we've all had, you know, a different week, and yet uh, we gather under the same roof, and and are united in the name of Jesus. And so I thank you for that, uh, God, that you you bind us together uh, through the blood of your Son, and that we can, um, you know, come here now and and worship and and be thankful and and study your Word and find you through all of this. So Lord, we, we just thank you for your presence of your Holy Spirit here with us now teaching and guiding us. May we be uh, sensitive and, and our, our hearts be soft to what you would be teaching us. And uh, thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, we're, we're continuing on the theme of prayer today. Prayer is a, a vast topic. Volumes have been written about prayer, really good things. There's so much um, that can be said. And so today we're, we're kind of focusing in on just a, a small portion of this theme. Um, let's, let's read our passage uh, right now. Turn to Colossians 4. If you have your Bible, if you don't, it'll be on the screen behind us. Colossians 4, and I'll read verse 2 again through to verse 4. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So last week we focused on verse 2. This morning we're going to kind of settle on uh, verse 3, where he says, at the same time, pray also for us. Pray for us. So Paul is asking his church to be devoted in prayer, and as they are devoted in prayer, to be spending their energy praying for him, for them, for their church, and the ministry that God would be doing 
through them. So this is what we're looking at is, is how and why can we as Christians uh, be committed or devoted not just to praying, but also to one another as we pray, to praying for one another, praying with one another. And the word for this, which, which is most often used, is intercessory prayer. Right? It's called uh, interceding, interceding on someone's behalf, intercessory prayer. Um, and, and if you don't know what interceding is, I was trying to find a good definition, but most definitions for intercede just say to intervene, which is essentially the same word. So intervene, intercede, you kind of get the idea. I, I was thinking, trying to think of an example you know, of interceding on someone's behalf or whatever, and there's many, but um, I have kids, so naturally that's where my, my brain goes when I'm thinking of sermon examples, is my children, um, forever doomed to be an example in a sermon, I suppose. That's the life of a, of a PK. Um, so, but but as, as a parent, you constantly do this. You are constantly in intercession for your children, and I'm not so much talking on the prayer side of things. I'm talking like in a day-to-day kind of practical sense. So, uh, for example, we went to Save on Foods. I had both the kids with me. It was just uh, them and, and myself. So cruised around the store. We got the cart that has the steering wheels, and there's flames on the side. Uh, there's, there's a spaceship one and a flames one. It's like a hot rod. I think the specs are the same, but the, um, you know, the paint job is different, so that was exciting. Anyways, ripped around the store and got what we needed and came to the checkout line. And, and we're in the checkout line, and Sela is asking me individually about each and every uh, treat that they have for sale. Sela's four. And she does this every time. We've never bought treats in the checkout line, but <laughs> she continues each time to, you know, she's very curious about what they are, so no, we're not buying those. And, uh, and then finally our turn came to pay. And then this other staff member, other than the cashier, kind of came up out of nowhere. Um, a lady, and she said, uh, would you kids like stickers? And both of my kids' response to her was this mixture of confusion, shock, distrust, and interest as well, curiosity about the stickers. But basically they just did this. And held the pose, and I was like staring at them, waiting for them to say something, and they never did. <laughs> I think what was going through their minds was, so they give out stickers in the checkout line now? Like, I was thinking the same thing. Why do we get stickers? I didn't, I wasn't aware of this procedure myself. Um, so finally, I interceded and, and said to the nice staff member, they would love stickers, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, like, do you guys want, of course you want stickers, sure. So so she comes by, and it's like a sheet, and she tries to get them to peel them off themselves. They were, like, petrified of the situation. So, again, I kind of interceded and, and helped them, you know, get the stickers. So uh, this is sort of what intercession is about. It's where you come alongside someone, right, and you, and usually it's doing something on their behalf, whether it's speaking for them, uh, helping them, working for them or whatever and and so um, this is sort of the you know how we can define or understand intercession and so today we're looking at at praying in this kind of way so 
So I, I, this is what I mean generally, right, in intercession. I'm talking quite generally about it today. Like I said, again, there's, there's books just on this uh, topic about intercessory prayer, and, the, and they are valuable, but um, there's just kind of some things I want to point out about praying for other people and, and ask some questions as we go through. I'm not sure about you, but part of my experience with this is that hardly any time goes by when I sit down to pray, you know, when I actually uh, am focused on, on praying and turning my heart to God, hardly any time passes and somebody pops into my head. Somebody. And oftentimes it's really random. Like I might not, I might not even know their name or maybe it's my barber or something, but just, you know, a person pops into my head. Other times it's someone I'm more familiar with, a family member, a friend, or, or so on. So this happens to me all the time, but I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that sometimes, at least, when this happens, I am tempted to, or I do, um, shrug that off. And I keep praying about whatever I had set out to pray for in the first place, right? So I sit down and I say, dear Lord, I start praying. And someone comes into my mind and I think to myself, no, no, that's, that's not what I'm here to you know, do or pray about. I, I have my own list of things or my own ideas or concerns that, that are important to me. And so I'm going to pray about that and not this you know, very random person who's popped into my head. Now, I've been aware of this habit, you know, of, of kind of shrugging this, this off. I've been aware of this for a long time, so I, I confess this, but I'm also working and, and progressing in um, being more open to praying for that person who comes into my mind, right? Because I do believe that it's God and his Holy Spirit, oftentimes anyways, bringing that person into my mind as I pray so that I would be praying for them, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to unlearn this, this kind of narrow-mindedness as I pray where I, where I feel, oh no, let's, let's just pray about other things instead, and actually kind of stopping and taking the time to pray for whoever it is, whether I, whether I know about them and care about them very much or if it's just someone, you know, kind of out of left field. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So my point is that you and I, we, we must be willing, first of all, to, to do this, to pray for other people. We have to be willing to um, maybe stop what we had laid out or, or expected to pray about and, and step aside for a minute and spend time, um, you know, as we're devoted in prayer, spend time praying for this person or that person or the, this person's needs or whatever it happens to be. So it's just kind of an openness to, 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 to intercede at, uh, at any moment, right? As someone comes to mind for you to be uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, as he says, as, as someone's name comes to mind, and to, and to follow through with that and, and to really uh, sit down and, and be focused in your praying as you intercede for whoever it happens to be. And I really appreciate that that Paul asks his church, right, in in verse three. He asks them, first he says, Be devoted to prayer, and then he says, But pray for me, uh, please. If if he didn't to me this means that, that Paul 
believes in the power of of this intercessory prayer, right? That he believes in it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be asking his church to, he wouldn't write that in the letter, you know, to, to ask them and request. And he requests elsewhere in scripture essentially the same thing when he's writing his churches. He says, pray for me that I would be able to do this thing which God has, has led me to do. So he believes in it. So my question for us is, do we believe in the power of interceding in prayer for someone else? Do we believe that this is an important thing? Right? Do we believe that it's worthwhile or do we believe that it even can have any um, real impact? You know, and I hope the answer to this question is yes, but maybe we're not sure or or we haven't, you know, asked ourselves this in a kind of a serious way. Do we believe in the power of of bringing someone else up in prayer and interceding for them before God? Now, in terms of asking this question, we have numerous examples uh, from Scripture, right, about about how prayer affects the situations that are happening in kind of, you know, drastic ways oftentimes. Um, so, So God never changes. His will is perfect. He is sovereign. He's the beginning and he's the end. But as we read... Uh, these these prayers of various people in scriptures, we do see that God responds, right? He responds to to the prayers of His people in a way that He changes the the circumstance that's currently at hand. Um, it was interesting that in Henry's prayer during worship, he brought up Jonah because this is. Um, a great example of what we're talking about, where God, yield, uh, God would change what he has said he would do, right? Based on the prayers of people. Um, God had sent Jonah to Nineveh, a, a great city, but an evil city, a city that had just turned to into this disgusting place that was, uh, you know, offensive to a holy God who's who's watching, and so he sends Jonah to, to tell these people, you have 30 days, otherwise I'm through with you. This I'm going to destroy the place because of how wrong it is, you know. And of course, there's a journey for Jonah to get there, and he struggles himself. But anyways, in uh, Jonah 3, verse 10, um, we see that the people have indeed listened to what Jonah has called out and, and cried out and spoken the truth to them. Uh, the people of Nineveh listened. Even the king, the king repented and, and turned to God. And so we read in 3 verse 10, God saw what they did, the people of Nineveh, how they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So this is the power of, of God's response to, you know, turning to him. In this, in this context, it's the, the evil, of, uh, evil people and, and they're recognizing that and, and falling before God and God responds to that. Another example is in um, the story of, of Moses and God's people and, and God's people make an idol, right? And, and this uh, angers God deeply right they've broken the what we know is the first commandment have no other gods 
other than myself. And, and so God, uh, uh, Moses goes before God, you know, as their leader, and he, and he pleads with God, God, don't, you know, don't destroy us. And God hears Moses' prayer and indeed does not. So the point is that the outcome of things is not unchangeable, you know, in our understanding anyways. Things are not necessarily set in stone. And so uh, as we pray to a God who can, who can um, you know, speak to the storm and calm it, to a God who can uh, raise the dead and, and, and heal the sick and, and all these different things that we know, we believe that interceding for other people in prayer is very important. It's not meaningless. It's not just, uh, you know, some kind of exercise that we do as a way of empathizing with other people. No, it's very important and it has power um, to, to truly change things. You know, whether we can understand how God's changing them or not is another story. But So first we must not only be open to you know, praying for other people in our in our life of prayer, but but secondly, we have to at least uh, accept or you know come to terms with the fact that this activity is is truly and deeply a powerful and and, and a necessary thing for us to do uh, for one another in our in our Christian fellowship, but for for other people as well, regardless. So don't give in to the temptation, you know. The, the, I think the devil whispers to us sometimes and just says, like, you know this is doing nothing. You know, when we're praying, we have that kind of nagging voice where it's like, oh, man, this, why am I even doing this? Don't give in to that temptation. That is a lie, okay? Our prayers do have actual impact. So let us be motivated to pray with faith and hope in the God who who is mighty to save and, and know that he's powerful. It's not, it's not that our words that we say hold, hold a special kind of power, you know, as we pray or whatever. No, it's the one that we're praying to who's amazing and, and powerful to respond and, and affect things for the, the kingdom and for his will. So Paul says, pray for me. Pray for me. Um, I'll share a little story with you. It's very humbling. Um, so I can't, you know, say all the specifics. So I'll try and just make it quite simple. But we have some family friends, and and these friends are going through um, really challenging things. And I say things because it's it's more than one thing, you know, like in their in their life and in their family, there's they're up against it. They're up against, um, you know, life and death situations, just crazy stuff, really, really challenging things. And so in in seeing them walk through this, my heart goes out to them and and you want to, like, do something, but you don't know what you can do. Right. How, how to help someone in these kind of big situations so anyways they were on my mind and and I was just kind of thinking you know I wasn't really focused on it but absentmindedly I thought to myself um, I should commit to to praying for my friends I should commit to you know interceding for them in prayer this would be a good thing for me to do 
really the only thing, I, the only way I know how to, to help them is, is maybe if I like, pray for them every day or, or something like this. So, so I had this thought and then it, it left me and, and, and whatever. And then a couple of days had passed and I hadn't, you know, necessarily started doing what I thought I would do. And, and that, that was okay, I guess. But Crystalyn and I were driving and so we were talking about our friends, you know, again, and just about some of the, some of the problems that they were facing. And, uh, and then Chrislyn said, well, did you, um, did you know that they were asking for this particular kind of help, you know, from their circle of friends? They kind of put it out for people to say, can you help us in this way? And as she described, you know, what they were asking, it was clear to me that it was a very um, significant request. You know, um, it was a, a pretty a pretty practical but a pretty big thing for them to sit, to ask their friends to consider helping them with. And so Chrislyn said, you know, they, and I didn't know this, I hadn't, hadn't heard, so she said, yeah, they've, they've asked us and their friends to, to just think about or pray about, can we help them in this way? And immediately, you know, listening to Chrislyn say these things, my first uh, line of thought was, Oh, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons for us to not respond to their request. You know, there's a, there's a lot of kind of barriers between doing what they've asked their friends to do, and and I don't know if it would work out or how we would do it, or or you know, do we even have the time and resources? And and so I'm I'm immediately thinking of excuses and reasons, and, and valid as they may be. Um, this is where my mind went. And so, anyways, the conversation carried on, and that was that. But it was shortly after um, that God reminded me of my first plan, which was to be devoted to praying for my friends. And God said to me, Blair, I know that you at least half committed to um, praying for these people, you know, that I would help them, obviously. Now, here you have an opportunity to not only see your prayer that I would help them, to not only see it answered, but to be a part of the answer to that prayer, right? To be involved and contribute to answering this, this very prayer which you had kind of said that you would be praying so do you actually care enough uh, to step out of your comfort zone and whatever and serve them? Or were you more planning on just praying that you know, someone else would help them out or that I could help them in a way that you don't have to be a part of? So I told you at the start, I was humbled. Um, it was it was truly, truly humbling, and I still had reasons. I was you know I was still kind of sticking to my to my list of of excuses for a little bit. But I prayed about that, and and God kept kind of speaking to me and being like Blair, think about it. And and so I did, uh, you know, relent and and say okay. 
all right, you're, you know, God, you're right. Um, there's a way I can do something, and and so let me be humble enough and, and willing to actually serve these people in this way, in this practical way. It's interesting how God not not only hears our prayers, but our thoughts about prayers. <laughs> it's like I said, I, I hadn't written it down or planned anything. I just kind of thought to myself, you know, I should be praying for them regularly. So as we as we intercede for people and pray for them, what I'm saying is that it not just causes things to happen in like a abstract, universal way, but sometimes uh, as we pray for one another, God brings about ways for us to take action, right? And to serve and to be his hands and feet, so to speak, in that person's life. Because like I said, we are, we are we're empathizing for the person we're praying for and, and God brings them uh, in our, up to our minds and our hearts and, and we care. And, and then sometimes something concrete comes along, a way that we can step out and, and serve and intercede for them in... in um, very day-to-day kind of ways. So we intercede regularly by being willing to pray for others. We intercede knowing that our prayers can have a powerful outcome. And I challenge you to intercede for people in prayer with a willingness to, to follow God as he leads you, possibly to serve that person or that situation in, in various ways. And, and like I said, the beauty of that is then you, you truly get to be a, a part of the answer to the prayer that you may be you know, lifting up before God. It's quite amazing. And so this brings me, since we're talking about praying for one another, there's one small point that I want to quickly mention before, before we finish and move into worship. Um, it's been said before, I'm, I'm sure even in this church, but it's worth reminding us of, again, regardless and it's that as Christians, I, I urge us to, to stop using the phrase, I'll pray for you, as a conversation ender. Right? To stop saying, I'll pray for you, um, just as a way of trying to make someone feel nice or show them that we care about them, but then not actually praying for them. It would be better if we just said something else, Right? Rather than saying, well, I'll pray for you and then not doing it. It would be better not to say that in the first place because it's a, it's a lie. Right? And I know we mean well when we, when we say this because oftentimes we don't know what else to say. But we must stop telling people that we'll pray for them and then not doing it. Because it's easy to say that you'll pray for someone, but it's more requires more of us to actually follow through with it, especially in, in a committed way or a regular or a deep, intentional kind of prayer for people, right? Um, so this is just a common thing kind of in, in Christian culture where we mean well, we say, well, I'll pray for you, but if you say that, please, please do it. <laughs> so and it's not that I want us to stop saying I'll pray for you. It's It's... No, keep saying that, but follow through when you do say it, okay? 
Now I realize, on the other hand, as I'm sharing this message about prayer and, and interceding for people and, and whatnot, um, many of us are, are already involved in this, right, in a, in a really, really wonderful and deep way. There's, this church has truly humble, um, uh, serving, loving people who are praying uh, for us, praying for me. I, I would not be doing this if I didn't have people who were praying for me and supporting me in that way, people who I don't even know, but just the church in, in general, praying for us as pastors. And so, um, you know, this is for, for many, as I talk about intercessory prayer, it's not like the first time you've heard about it. It's not a news flash or anything like that. So uh, maybe what I would like then is for this message to be an encouragement to you to keep praying Right to keep your intercessory prayers going for other people, and to know that it's important, and to not to not give up or feel discouraged when God isn't answering the prayers that you pray in, in certain ways or whatever, but continue doing this, praying for the people who you already are. Or, or for me, as I was thinking about intercessory prayer, uh, God brought to mind people who, you know, I had prayed for for a long time people in my life who I've been praying for a lot, but I've since, I don't want to say given up on, but I just have kind of stopped. You know, I haven't prayed for that person in years, maybe. So maybe this can serve as a reminder to, to think of those people and to say, oh, yeah, like, man, I used to pray for that person all the time. I want to continue in that and rekindle that kind of interceding for them. Or maybe uh, you don't normally pray for other people, you know. Um, and if that is the case, consider, right? Consider how you would be able to pray for people, what this would look like, how, how as you uh, grow in your uh, discipline, in, in your life of prayer, as you grow and deepen that, uh, what would it look like for you to include other people um, in that time that you have with God, right? To bring them up before God and, and to pray for them um, in particular ways. You can, be, you can be praying for the person sitting next to you right now. <laughs> so what I'm saying is let's uh, spend some time as we move into uh, worship and, and communion Let's let's uh, let's be praying and doing what I kind of started off by talking about, where we uh, we listen to God and, and we and we just kind of come before Him and ask Him, Lord, like who is it? Who can I who can I lift up? Who can I support in this in this way? You know, spiritually praying for for someone. It could be someone in your life, like I said, someone you're close with, or it could just be another person. I don't know. But uh, I believe that if we if we come to God with this, He will give you someone. Surely there's someone <laughs> in your life who you can be praying for. And if no one comes to mind, just, just commit to praying to whoever you're sitting next to. Um, you, you don't always have to tell people, right, that you'll be praying for them. Sometimes it's encouraging to to let someone know while well, I'm praying for you. But other times, just uh, just do it. Just be praying for people. 
Um, so last week, as I was talking about being disciplined in prayer, I was mentioning how uh, one way to be disciplined, probably the easiest or most straightforward thing to do, is just set some time each and every day where you will pray, right? Where you'll be, where you will be focused and and not distracted or whatever, and just come to God for a few minutes or however long. And set that aside to be disciplined in in praying and communicating with God and growing as you do this. And so in the same vein, I encourage you then to to uh, commit, you know, each day to praying for this person who you'll be interceding for to include them in your daily rhythm of of prayer and and talking with God Um if you're like me, you forget things, you're absent-minded and uh, naturally undisciplined. So you can put like a reminder in your phone or something, right? Or write it down, put someone's name on a sticky note. That's not unspiritual. That's just, that's being smart and knowing that, oh, I need to remember this, right? Um, so you can do that, whatever whatever you think is, is the best way to to kind of continue to include this person in in your time of prayer and to lift them up and and um, and do that. Okay, so that's my that's what I would challenge you to do. Um, even just for the next seven days until next Sunday, try this, see how it goes, or or continue doing it as you already are. Uh, could the bands come up? They'll start playing, and I want to read to you. A passage from 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 1-6. It says this, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, uh, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one true God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. So as I finish the message, this brings us to uh, the tables of communion. And in communion, we... Uh, by taking communion, we accept and receive the truth that Jesus is this true mediator, right? The one mediator between God, a holy God, and people who are fallen and, and sinful and set apart from him without Jesus. So in communion, we acknowledge Jesus. We come before him and we say uh, that, that God thank you for for your sacrifice for sending jesus that that jesus would intercede for us right as we read last week in romans jesus is the intercessor between man and god the the true and final intercessor in in, in a theological and spiritual sense he's the one who unites us with god and stands between and, and bridges the gap between a holy god and the people who are lost without him Jesus is the way, and this way was made possible uh, through the cross, through his death, through his sacrifice for our sins.